and welcome to Fresh Fusion, a weekly show where we discuss the business, the art, the ethics of content creation on the open web. My name is John Mastodon, and this is episode 84, Harry and Megan, Taylor Lorenz, and the Campaigns of Hate. <laughs> John Mastodon. <laughs> My name isn't really John Mastodon. My name is Jared White, but today... I am John Mastodon. You are John Mastodon. We are all John Mastodon. <laughs> oh boy, what a story. What a story. So, in case you haven't heard about this already, over the weekend, there was a column written for Mediaite by Isaac Shore uh, talking about the whatever the latest at that time was about Twitter and so forth. And it was talking about Mastodon being a competing social media platform to Twitter. Um, and <laughs> so the, the Twitter handle that got banned, it might be back now, but for a little while, the Twitter handle for Mastodon was banned. And the, the handle itself is join Mastodon. So on Twitter, it's at join Mastodon. And Isaac Shore apparently read it as at John Mastodon. And so he thought that Mastodon was created by a person named John Mastodon who named it after himself. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, folks. <laughs> you can't make it up. So, yeah, this has become a meme, per perhaps the first big meme, like really big meme on Mastodon still going on. Uh, it's morphed into other things like Joan Mastodon. And now it's like Jax Mastodon for the gender neutral version. And uh, it's just going all kinds of places. And, and I joined in, too, with my own little funny meme about, oh, yes, John Mastodon. Before he started the famous social network Mastodon, he was a mild-mannered reporter working for the Daily Planet. And he... <laughs> anyway, I posted a picture of Henry Cavill as Clark Kent. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. Anyway, um... I almost titled this whole episode John Mastodon, but uh, the main topic for today actually is something a little bit different. Basically, what happened is on Mastodon, folks started talking about the absolutely horrendous, loathsome article that was published by The Sun, a UK tabloid. It was written by Jeremy Clarkson. Yes, that Jeremy Clarkson of uh, Top Gear fame back in the day before he exited under uh, inauspicious circumstances. Apparently, he hates, really hates, really, really hates Meghan Markle and was just absolutely blasting her in just the most misogynist and just vile way imaginable. And for some reason, The Sun thought they could get away with publishing this, as apparently they have done so many times before, just publishing absolute filth about Meghan Markle. And um, this is all in response to the uh, six-part, I believe, docuseries um, um, out on Netflix about Harry and Meghan, about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, and how they... 
<laughs> I mean, when you watch it, it almost feels like they're fleeing for their lives at one point or another. Like, it's it's truly mind-boggling how just completely ridiculous the entire scenario got um, by the time you get to early 2020 and... You know, they're on the outs with the royal family and they're in Canada and the pandemic is happening and their security details being pulled and they're being hounded by people and the paparazzi. And they're just like, where do we go to live? <laughs> and we're truly uh, in fear of their lives, basically. It's just it, like, how could it have come to this? How could it have come to that moment uh, well, you got to watch the docuseries on Netflix to find out what that all was about. And the somewhat unlikely person who essentially rescued them, and I'm not going to give that away. This is a spoiler, folks. This is actually a spoiler, in, unless you know this story already, which I didn't really. I, I have to admit, um, I don't, you know, I'm not in the habit of following whatever the latest escapades are of the royal family in the UK. Uh, you know, I I know you know, a tiny, teeny bit about Harry and Meghan just from, you know, a few news headlines over the years. And really, that was it. Um, you know, I knew I knew things had gone badly. I knew that they were not uh, seeing things eye to eye with the rest of the family. And I knew that they, you know, had essentially given up their duties and come to live in America and all that. Like, I knew the the broad strokes of that. But I had no idea, you know, the extent to which it had gotten so horrible and, you know, why they felt compelled to do such uh, drastic steps. So, um, yeah, so I definitely recommend watching the Netflix series. And I'm not here to defend Meghan Markle, per se. I'm not here to defend Prince Harry, you know, they can tell their own story. I'm sure their detractors have their own viewpoint. What I am here to talk about, though, is the completely unacceptable way. Let's just say that unacceptable way they have been treated by essentially online mobs, the paparazzi and a handful of, you know, essentially right wing tabloids that uh, essentially hated her guts from day one simply because of who she was and her background, where she came from. You know, it, it's clear to me. It's so clear to me that it's actually frustrating to think that there are people out there who do not see that so clearly. <laughs> uh, and to zoom out a little bit about what's going on here, um, you know, it's not just about Meghan Markle as a person. It's about this whole culture of becoming obsessed with celebrities, you know, celebrity culture gone awry where, you know, it's no longer a, a civil debate about about the merits of, you know, some particular celebrities, you know, actions, whether it's, you know, art they're creating or their policies, if they're politicians or whatever, like, like the, the discussion and the debate stops being about what they're saying or what they're doing. And it starts just being about this image that gets constructed around them. And, you know, whether that image is a good one gone bad, you know, like 
the fall from grace narrative that celebrities sometimes go through, or whether it's just, you know, they're trash from day one, and that's the image that gets foisted upon them. But, <laughs> you know, clearly this whole, you know, from the wrong side of the tracks and, you know, straight out of Compton and, you know, all this garbage that was placed on Megan, you know, simply for being mixed race and simply from where she came from, you know, the area of the Los Angeles metropolitan zone, (laughs) you know, like this whole thing just got built up about her and around her by shady media outlets in the UK that are just super bad. (laughs) Um, Not that we don't have bad media here in the US, but it seems particularly vicious in the UK for some reason. And, uh, you know, so here's this person coming into being uh, the girlfriend of Prince Harry, and then eventually they get engaged, and then they marry. And, you know, at every turn, when you think, you know, maybe things are okay now, maybe they're gonna finally embrace her, and she's gonna be beloved. And, you know, people recognize her worth, like, no, (laughs) no, anytime you think that they've turned the corner, something happens, and it all falls apart again. And after, you know, so many times of that, you know, rightly so, Harry and Meghan are like, we're done. We're done with this. This is garbage. This is unacceptable. We're not going to put up with this. And the royal family clearly does not have our back here. And and that's really one of the things that's a real shame about this whole story is, you know, not so much that, that these media outlets were garbage, but that the institution, as they keep calling it, not only wasn't standing up for them and having their back, but in some cases, seem to have this really toxic relationship with the media. Kind of, you know, like, if if we scratch your back, you'll scratch ours, and we'll, we'll find a way to coexist indefinitely <laughs> in this really bad, toxic relationship. And, you know, Harry and Meghan are like, screw that. Screw that ridiculous arrangement. <laughs> this is not okay. Um... And I, you know, I completely agree with them on this. Uh, No matter what you might think of Megan personally, you know, maybe you think she's a bitch, as people call her. Maybe you think she's this horrible, you know, mean, low class person, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. The way she has been treated for years and years by these media outlets. And, and, you know, they're the they're just the start they're just the start, you know, the Sun and the Daily Mail and these other places, they're just the start. And then it goes viral on social media and these mobs of people come out to attack her. And yeah, it's it's really not okay that this sort of thing's going on. And so, you know, they've come out swinging. Uh, they already won a lawsuit against, I believe it was the Sun, Maybe not. Maybe it's the Daily Mail. I don't know. It was one of those tabloids over there in the UK. Uh, they they won a lawsuit because uh, a private letter, folks, a private letter that Megan wrote to her father uh, got published. Uh, so so they won a lawsuit against that. Um, and now you know this whole docu series is is really kind of almost like a whistleblower 
uh, expose on what's been going on. And I hope something happens. I really hope there's change after this documentary comes out. Uh, You know, maybe not. (laughs) Maybe things will continue to be bad. But uh, there really needs to be a change, you know, not just with how the royal family and the UK media interrelate, but accepting that these, you know, these right-wing rags can stir up a social media frenzy and, you know, just create these ridiculous, misogynist and racist narratives around someone like Meghan Markle. Um, You know, thinking about all this, I also was thinking a lot about how Britney Spears was treated back in the day and her horrifying uh, dealings with the press and with the paparazzi and, you know, her family who was supposed to have her back really kind of exploiting her in the midst of all that as well. And everything she's had to deal with to, you know, get out of that crazy, uh, conservatorship and take back her life. And, uh, man, like <laughs> this idea that celebrities are, are rich and famous. So they're, they're doing great, you know, don't feel sorry for them. Uh, I, I really think that's a toxic mindset. Um, you know, no matter how rich you are, no matter how famous you are, uh, when you get dogpiled, when you when you get attacked, when the mobs come after you, uh, this this is no picnic. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. You know, if you have a fancy house and drive a fancy car, like this is not okay. People should not be treated like this. Um, I was also thinking about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and that whole scene and just, you know, like everyone trying to pick a side like they really know what happened. I'm on team Johnny Depp. I'm on team Amber Heard. And it's just like, leave them alone. (laughs) Maybe they're both crappy people. Maybe everything got blown out of proportion. Who knows? But like, stay out of it, random person on Twitter. (laughs) Like You don't know. (laughs) <laughs> this is not your place to to you know come out and start just attacking whoever it is that you think is deserving of hate some particular day. Like this stuff is just not okay. Um, just now, James Gunn, and, and I mean now as in like literally within the last twenty four hours, I believe uh, James Gunn had to come out and and make an official response to what he called the disrespectful outcry from DC fans. Like, because <laughs> James Gunn and um, I'm, I'm blanking on his, uh, his business partner's name, but they're, they're like, they're, there's these two uh, people that are in charge now of trying to map out like the future of the DC universe. And they have this new relationship with Warner Brothers. And, and it's actually pretty exciting and pretty interesting. But, you know, because of various stories coming out of like, oh, they're not going to bring Henry Cavill back as Superman after all, or whatever, like people are going nuts and they're attacking James Gunn and just this whole frenzy online. And, and James Gunn had to come out and make an official response to this vitriol that's getting lobbed at him. This stuff is not okay, folks. There's a real, real problem with these attack mobs that come out on social media and, you know, and sensationalist press outfits that that whip this stuff up. Um, It's just, it's getting out of control. It really is getting bad. 
you know, whether you're talking about fan communities and, you know, whether you're talking about, um, you know, in these sort of political arenas around various characters, um, it's just gotten crazy. I I wish I could say here's the answer. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm not sure what the answer is other than uh, clearly Twitter itself as a platform is has has really become one of the worst offenders in this space you know like you know if you can think of any one social media platform um you know maybe sometimes facebook or maybe sometimes tiktok or even youtube i suppose but like really twitter is where it seems like it's the easiest to just see these ridiculous mobs form and it's not even a ton of accounts, right? Like, like uh, there's actually been research into like, like who is posting all the really negative stuff on Twitter about Meghan Markle? Like, where is all this hate coming from? And it's actually a fairly small number of accounts, but these accounts end up, you know, sort of generating all this stuff. Uh, and they're not necessarily all bots per se, but they're essentially like a small number of radicalized people that have been weaponized to spread crap and then it goes viral and people keep you know retweeting it and whatever and you know these these different things keep happening so <laughs> this has got to stop you know this this whole thing is bigger bigger than Harry and Meghan you know it's bigger than Jeremy Clarkson it's bigger than Britney Spears it's bigger than Amber Heard or Johnny Depp it's bigger than James Gunn like th- these are all just different characters in scenarios where, you know, whether it's about racism, whether it's about misogyny, whether it's about transphobia, whether it's about just general toxic fandom gone out of control, uh, celebrity worship gone out of control. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, this this whole thing about um, Taylor Lorenz being uh, taken off Twitter and then put back on Twitter. And, uh, uh, there's a link in the show notes to a really fascinating interview with Taylor Lorenz, who's a journalist for the Washington post. Um, you know, she apparently has been the, the victim of just waves and waves of attack mobs on Twitter. And for some reason she's, you know, just learned to take it in stride, but, (laughs) But but the wacky thing is that she was interviewed on December 8th by Joshua Topolsky, uh, and the title of the episode is literally, You Can't Cancel Taylor Lorenz, and then by December 17th, she had indeed been canceled, because <laughs> her account was suspended on Twitter by Elon Musk. Um, and the whole Elon Musk thing, you know, essentially weaponizing all of Twitter and inserting himself into the discourse as, you know, the central character all the time, every day. Uh, it's it's just crazy. And the funny thing there, of course, is, you know, you, you see this like Elon versus the press thing. And in this case, Elon's the villain and the press are, you know, like actually trying to, you know, do their journalistic duty to cover what's actually going on. Uh, and so this is, you know, a little bit different than, you know, these other s- scenarios where, you know, seemingly the press is the villain and the celebrity is a victim or whatever. So it, it, I just want you to think like clearly and thoughtfully about 
what you see going on here because it's never just about like oh the press is evil or this person is evil or you know that thing is happening like again like zoom out folks it's not just about Elon it's not just about some journalist at the Washington Post it's not just about you know Meghan Markle it's not just about Jeremy Clarkson it's not just about you know any of these individuals we're talking about a system we're talking about a system where social media platforms and a tiny number of individuals that you know have in some kind of entrenched power that they're trying to maintain uh, these 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 mobs form and people get dogpiled and it, the whole thing becomes toxic and there's there's no legitimate discourse left once that happens like there's no legitimate going through arguments for or against specific points, you know, specific policies, specific actions. It stops being about real issues, and it just becomes about personalities and who hates whom and who's the villain today and who's destroying the country tomorrow and who's... (laughs) And uh, this has got to stop. It really has got to stop. I'm hoping that what we're seeing going on right now with Twitter is perhaps a turning point. I'm optimistic that newer platforms coming out, Mastodon and the Fediverse being part of that, I'm I'm hopeful that we're seeing the tide start to turn. You know, things weren't this bad before and it seemed like they were getting worse and worse, and worse. And this year, I think some of us thought maybe things had already reached a turning point. You know, certainly U.S. politics seemed to have reached a turning point with, you know, the whole MAGA movement sort of losing steam and and justice prevailing in one form or another, and that's ongoing. But, um, you know, I, th- I think a lot of us were hopeful that 2022 would be like a a true year that we see a turning point on a lot of this stuff. And I'm thinking now, like, (laughs) that's a little bit uh, of a uh, short timetable there. We need to be a little bit more circumspect. But, um, you know, going into 2023, like, I really do think uh, that we could be seeing a turning point where sort of the public at large realizes we really need to reevaluate our relationship with with social media with you know a small number of of media outlets that are just you know constantly promoting filth and garbage uh we really need to back away from sort of championing these you know certain celebrities that are uh, you know just have become really toxic characters whether that's Jeremy Clarkson or Elon Musk or whoever um, you know, we just, we, we need to hit a reset button here of some kind <laughs> around media and public discourse and how we use the internet, uh, because this, this kind of stuff just can't keep going on like it is, you know, somebody like James Gunn trying to, you know, formulate some, some upcoming movies for DC studios, like People like that should not have to, you know, be distracted from their jobs by online mobs coming after them. Like, that's just ridiculous. It's completely absurd and unacceptable. And 
we really need to start doing better as a society here. We just do. All right, folks. Um, bit of a rant there once again, but, you know, that's what the show is about. It's about the business, the art, the ethics of content creation and the web and all of this stuff is all connected. It is not, you know, a series of distinct incidents unrelated, but are in fact part of a pattern, part of a chain. And once you start to see that chain, you can start to realize, oh, yeah, this is this is actually the same story, just, you know, with a few different uh, names inside the story. And it's really the story that we need to uh, keep in mind here. All right, before I go, there's one more link in the show notes to a really cool new video on Nebula called Within Cells Interlinked. It's a video essay all about Blade Runner 2049. Uh, kind of an unrelated thing here, I know, but like I watched this video and I thought it was fantastic. I love Blade Runner 2049. It's such a great movie. It's possibly better than the first, in my opinion. Uh, clearly, uh, the creator of this video thinks so as well. So um, please uh, go ahead over there if you like Blade Runner 2049 and want to sort of dive back into that world again. And um, and yeah, of course, you know, you do need to be a member of Nebula, but I keep promoting Nebula these days because I feel like it's one of the most exciting things happening in online video right now. So, you know, you you really should maybe give it some thought that uh, you might want to become a member of Nebula. This is not a sponsored podcast by any means. <laughs> I'm just a fan of Nebula. Um, all right, folks, that's it for today. Thanks once again for tuning in. My name is Jared White. As always, you can find me on jaredwhite.com and listen to other episodes of this podcast at jaredwhite.com slash podcast. And until next time, happy holidays. Bye-bye.